I'm Maverick Ryan. And I'm Ice. The Iceman. Uh, all, all right. right. <laughs> uh, Ryan's, uh, Ryan's got shades on because his future's so bright. It is. I actually think it's you're out. You were out cutting grass. I think you're smoking grass. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't be so amped up if I that, were. That's true. I was just thinking of that. You know that Mitch Hedberg joke? Where he's like, I think they make Visine for potheads. Who else would buy Visine? Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. I got to put some Visine in my eyes. I don't want people to know I've been swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh. or, like, or like, I used to do drugs. I still, I still do, do. But, but I, I used, used to, too. To. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, the late great Mitch Hedberg. Hey, how old was he when he died, man? Uh, not very old. He was like, definitely was he even in his thirties. Maybe, but if he was, it's probably early thirties. We could look it up, but we'll let the listeners do that. He, di- I don't think he was any older than thirty-five. I don't. N- there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. Man, one of the greats. Yeah, if you haven't heard that dude, you need to. Look him up on, I think he's on iTunes. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's or on Or you can find all kinds of stuff on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Because he's, de- he's definitely more funny to watch. Like, he's funny to listen to if you've already seen him, but if, you, if you've if never heard his material before, his style of comedy, you, it's a visual art as well because he's so nervous and, like, shy on stage, has trouble making eye contact, and yeah, he's definitely in my top five probably. Yeah. He's really, really, really cool. I yeah. remember the first. <clears throat> I remember the first time I saw him was on uh, Conan O'Brien when Conan was after Leno. Yeah, way back when. Way back when, and you know, you know, they those guys <clears throat> they only get what like three, five minutes tops. Yeah, to yeah. go out and do their bit, and then it's either they do well or they don't. <laughs> right. And I, oh man, how old was I? Well, I remember, dude, it was that year that we were playing a bunch, because I remember you telling me about them. So, 20, so 19, It would have been 20. like 2004 at the latest. Well, it was it was 2004. It was right before we started playing at Silver Dollar, because I remember we were on a kick where that's all we listened to on oh. the way up and the way back for like several I, times. Dude, dude, so yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I saw him, right? And yeah. then uh, Conan's like... Oh, that was great. That was great, man. That was so, you know, because he's sitting at the desk, yeah, Conan's, yeah. you know, how they do. And then, oh, yeah, that was great, man. That was so good. He's, and then <clears throat> I don't have one, but he's like, here's, this is, that's shit. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, he'll here, hold up here, the CD. Here's, yeah. here's, uh, here's, here he is right here. Uh, go out and get it. Uh, uh, it's Mitch Hedberg. And I forget the name of the album. Uh, Mitch gr- Altogether. Mitch Altogether. And it was, gr- it had green on the, yeah, front. it looks like a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I was like looking at it and studying it, and I was like, okay. And I went straight to the computer, and I freaking looked him up, found the found the the, the album on his website, on yeah. his website. Yeah. And I was like, bye now. And I purchased it, and I waited like probably a week and a half or something to yeah. get it. Yeah. And when it showed up, I was just so excited because I was like, man, you got to listen to this, dude. It, yeah, it was funny, and you know that also had the the DVD of his Comedy Central special and it has both versions it has the aired right. version and it has the unaired version that's right because i bought the combo that's that what i have ups- too yeah upselling on the website yep <clears throat> oh it, man. it was definitely worth it too because the uh the unaired version 
you know, they do this with every comic, every live record, but like the aired version was obviously trimmed for time, edited for time, but they also yeah. embellish crowd noise. But if you yeah. watch the unaired version, oh, there, there's none of that. And it's great. He has some great lines where he's like the he has a specific style of humor and like the crowd's not really buying into it. They don't really get on his side until like the last 10 minutes. It's and, really hard to find his rhythm. Yeah, and he goes he goes, "Man, y'all need to get into my jokes harder." <laughs> Don't later, worry. They'll but, add. They'll add. Uh, well, he's saying? like, he's like, man, we're gonna have to sweeten some of these jokes. And then he goes, you know what sweeten means, right? That's a Hollywood it's, term for it's add sugar. Sh- oh, it's a showbiz term for add sugar too. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then later on, he's talking about. He's like, you know, it's supposed to be the Mitch Hedberg special. He's like the Mitch Hedberg, not so special. Not so special. <laughs> And he's like, ain't going so well up here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's great. So funny. He's so good. So yeah, go <laughs> out, check out, check out Mitch Hedberg posthumously. And uh, yeah, he's, if he, I mean, I'm sure most, most people have heard some of his stuff, but if you haven't, yeah, probably. he's, yeah. he's pretty good. He's got yeah, some he's really great good. stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, so what are we talking about today? Well, man, man, I want to see your eyes, bro. Dude, I was just going to say, I think this is a really nice new look. I don't like it. I can't, I can't, I'm not looking at you, man. It's like, I might as well just be looking in a mirror. But it's cool because it looks like I'm looking, but I don't have to, you know, I can just be like, you know, like I normally am (laughs) and just do that. You know, Uh, no one, no one knows any, no one knows any different. All right. I don't even care. All right. I'll (laughs) put on my other glasses. I'm keeping my hat turned around, though. Well, that's fine. I don't care about your hat. I just want to I lost to... the bill. What? <laughs> no, the bill's just behind you. It hasn't caught up with you yet. <laughs> You're right. It's right there. Who knew? <laughs> Dude, so I wheeled it to Home Depot this morning, pick up some yeah, sp- yeah, yeah. spray paint. Oh, you know, nothing looks more suspicious. <laughs> I was thinking about this when I was when I was leaving. Nothing looks more suspicious than a guy where I'm wearing black running uh, uh, pants. Yeah, so they're sleek and sure they look nice. But then I'm wearing also a black Kevlar hoodie <laughs> zip up because it's my riding hoodie. Right, it's got right. padding in it and everything. And then I've got my aviators on. <laughs> yeah, you're all the people probably think you're going in there to blow the place up. <laughs> right, right. Because I got my wheel and I, I I've got a trolley handle on it and I push it <clears throat> I push it around and I try uh, to be super. I wondered res- what I wondered what you do with it when you're like you I don't can't ride, it. ride it. No, no. Like and you I'm, can't like chain it up outside like a bike or anything. No. <laughs> And I'm not usually too worried about people. Like, there's lots of times where I'll come inside the door and I'll come right around the corner and lean it against the wall and I'll go do my thing and come yeah, back. Yeah. Usually people won't even mess with it. They'll look at it and be like, what the heck is that thing? <laughs> but it looks so odd that a lot of people think it's part of something in the store. Right. Like they're using it to yeah. move merchandise. Or they're or cleaning they're... the floors with it or something. Yeah. Right. They don't know what it is, right? Yeah. 
But most of the time, I'll just walk through the store with it, no problem. I've never gotten any flack. I've gotten tons and tons of questions about it, which is cool. But yeah. I'm, I try to be super respectful because here's the thing. It's brand new. And just like anything new, people, it scares the bejesus out of people, especially if you don't approach it correctly, right? Right. <clears throat> so I'm trying to be a cool Cool, one of these cool guys that like if you ask me about it I'm going to smile and I'm going to tell you anything you want to know about it because I want it to be popular and I want it, people to be cool with it and not be like we need to ban these from people riding them right, you know right because the last thing I want to do is I want I don't want to have this particular thing regulated like drones have been regulated now right. drones uh, the yes, I think it's a good thing because it's entering commercial airspace and with private pilots and it's a whole, it could become a, a, a major catastrophe. But with this, the wheels vary, right? They vary in speed. They vary uh, in size. Um, so like my youngest son rides one and its maximum speed is like Pops out at 18 mile an hour. That's as fast as you can get to go. And it starts leaning back and pushing you back to uh, slow you down. Gotcha. Mine, I've had it at 44.7 miles an hour. So That's mine so is fast, stupid quick, right? And uh, I could do probably 28 miles, a 28 mile trip going that speed. Okay. Now, if I were to ride reasonably and not like an idiot or a, a psychopath going 40 miles an hour on one wheel, uh, I could stretch that to probably like 50, 55 miles, yeah. which I've been wanting to ride from here to Johnstown and back, uh, which is a round trip of, I think, like 30 miles or so, which is doable on that wheel as long as I don't like, what, you know. What are the... Uh... <laughs> Is it? Do you just like plug it in or does it have a battery that comes out and you can charge it? No, the batteries are all internal because okay. they're 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 not in enclosures. <clears throat> so okay. that's kind of a risk factor because if you wreck it real hard, the battery c could rupture and then you would have a serious serious fire on your hands. Right. Like not just a fire, a very hot violent fire. Yeah. Battery lithium ion battery fires are are fierce, man. They are rough. Um, well, they will I, melt pavement. Whew. So, yeah. I was just, I was thinking like you just said 50, 55 miles. How far is Newark from Coshocton? 30 miles, uh, give or take 30 miles. So I could make it to Coshocton, but the only route no. there is a freaking highway. Right. You just so riding the, along 16. <laughs> so then that kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, I don't want to get them regulated because there's awesome bike paths right here. Like, right, right. We have tons of bike paths, miles and miles and miles of bike paths. And I love riding on them. And I never... If there are people, if I can see somebody on the bike path, I don't give a crap if they're a half mile away from me. I will not exceed 20 mile an hour. I will not do it. Now, when I'm passing somebody, I slow way down. I go slower than the some of these people on bikes go. I mean, yeah. I've watched some of these dickheads, for lack of a better word, yeah. fly by people on these, uh, you know, on these road bikes. Yeah. <clears throat> And I try to be way more considerate and give people, and my tire's kind of loud. Sure. But, but so people can kind of hear me, but yeah. you know, I just don't want to be to the point where it's regulated and people are like, you can't ride there. So right, that forces right. me onto the street, which I ride on the street too, but I wear a full face helmet when I'm doing that yeah. because it is dangerous. And, um, 
But then where are my kids riding? I'm not putting them on the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, F that. No, I so, feel you. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Home Depot with my ride, got my hat turned around backwards, yeah. got my aviators on. I'm looking something like that. Right. And I got my black jacket, my black pants <laughs> and my bright orange shoes. Yeah. <clears throat> these, these guys. Nice. Yeah. So I got those on and I've got this black thing with a wheel and I'm walking through and I've got a black backpack on and I pick up two things of spray paint, got them in my arm. <laughs> And uh, and I grab something else, and I'm going to the checkout. Well, I and... know you grabbed an almond Snickers and ate it before you left. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How many times uh, have we done that, or I've done that? Yeah, <clears throat> that was that was not on purpose. Home Depot. Oh no, that's not true. The first time wasn't on purpose. <clears throat> After that, it was on purpose. Yeah, it was. See how many times I could do it. Yeah. So uh, I, I trust counted, me. They... I counted like six or seven. That place got enough of my money. Yeah. I, they can afford, uh, it probably cost them a whopping 50 cents. Oh, not even. <clears throat> well, I mean, all the times I did it, it cost oh, them right. 50 yeah, cents totally. total. Sure, sure. Anyway. <clears throat> so I'm in there, I'm getting spray paint, and I've got my backpack on. Everybody's looking at me like, because they don't know what the heck I'm pushing around. This one guy, he comes over to me and goes, is that thing following you? Is that thing, is that, is that thing following you? I'm like... Like he's on a leash or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he couldn't see the trolley handle. Mm. And so I turn around. I'm like, huh? And he's like, oh, you got a handle. You're pushing it. And then that was that. I get to the end of the aisle. I pick up my spray paint. And he comes around. And he goes, what is that thing? I said, it's a PEV, and it, which sounds cooler than saying an e EUC. Uh, I don't know why I feel weird saying EUC, but then they're like, what is EUC? What is PEV? So when I say PEV, I can say, oh, it's a personal electric vehicle. That sounds cool. Uh, you know. Yeah. But if, if I say EUC and they're like, what's an EUC? I, I have to go, oh, it's an electric unicycle. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> I don't know. I feel dorky. Uh, that's just, what it is, though. It is. It's an electric unicycle. It's an EUC. It's awesome. I don't know what it's about, a unicycle. It just doesn't, you know, but whatever. It's 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 much, much cooler in person, let me tell you. Dude, what <clears throat> I th dude, I had a roommate in college who could ride the crap ride out of a unicycle. A regular, and I was like, I don't understand how this is even possible. Yeah. The, like, he wrote, it, he wrote it all over Philly all the time. I, I don't think there's anything dorky about a unicycle. I mean, except for the way it looks. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's it's only dorky uh, up until you start the juggling. Then it changes everything. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <clears throat> so I get to the thing and I check out and then I go outside, push my uh, I push my wheel outside and I lean up against the thing and I went through the garden area. So okay. that kind of just paints a picture where I'm at. Yeah. So I go through the garden area and I'm out just outside where they have all them, all the plants and stuff out there. And people are kind of walking by me, just coming like, well, you know, what is that thing? Right, it's right. Weird. And here I am, backpack off on the on the ground, unzip, loading up my spray paint. <laughs> gonna get on my ride and I'm gonna yeah. go vandalize some shit. <laughs> Uh, hey, I think that guy's going off to paint a building or a bridge. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that uh, whole story leads us into our episode, which it, is... It doesn't actually, but... <laughs> yeah, it does. Our favorite gear, uh, 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 tools, and gadgets. No, that's fair. That's fair. I would consider that a yeah, gadget, no, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you... Yeah, okay. yeah, I would. Sorry, I I'm guess I was just thinking. Glasses. I guess I was just thinking. This episode in particular is like music gear, but yeah, but the the whole 
the whole thing overall is our favorite gear and gadgets. Yeah. Trinkets. So tell us, go ahead and start. I kind of started it off sort of, sort of, kind of, but. Yeah, that's, that's obviously your favorite. Dude, it's so much freaking fun. Yeah. I think Uh, more people should give it a whirl because here's the thing about it. Once you learn how to do it, it's a massive sense of accomplishment knowing how to do that. Well, okay. So you want me to get, well, should we go back and forth? We'll each like, I, yeah, I don't know how many yeah, I'm yeah. going to say, but. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start with gear, right? Yeah. Like music gear, music gear for, yeah. for Lonnie and Ramiro that listen and anyone else who's also a musician. Yeah. Just if, if, if you aren't and just, I'm, I'm sorry, you just have to suffer through this part. Uh, Whatever. I think it'll, people will <laughs> still find it interesting. We're interesting yeah. people. We're not really, but. Yeah, uh, no, we, like my, to think, we like to think so. <laughs> my first one, um, I, I don't, I, I don't do this as often as I should. I still do, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I used to do. <laughs> no, I honestly don't do this as often as I should. And now that I'm not really on social media, I have less opportunities. But I, I don't really care all that much about endorsements when it comes to most things. But I have one. Uh, and it's like probably the best thing ever. And it's the, it's like the only one that I would have ever wanted probably from the time I was like 14 and I am a Vic Firth drumstick artist. And, uh, sorry if anyone disagrees, but they make the absolute best drumsticks on the planet and they have for a long time. And, uh, why, what, in your opinion, why is that? Um, well, first of all, they have the models that I prefer. Second of all, I have been playing Vicforth drumsticks since sixth grade, really. My very first pair was a pair of Vicforth SD1 Generals. Uh, so that's why well, I was 12 then, 11, 12. I was 12, I guess. And I'm 37 now, so do the math. But in all those years... Now, and I will say, like, I have checked out other brands of sticks throughout my years of playing, whether it be, like, sticks that somebody else has or maybe, oh, this company makes a model, I'll, I'll see what it's like. But I, I never end up liking it more than what I already play. But in all those years of playing Vic Firth, do you know how many times I've gotten a new pair of sticks and, like, one of the sticks isn't perfectly straight? I mean, we're, what, we're talking like thousands of pairs of sticks that I've bought in my lifetime. How many? Three. Not three pairs. Three sticks. Three sticks. Yes. And I, this is no lie. For a time in college, I dabbled with a Vader drumstick model. That's a different brand. Uh, I was like trying to test it out or whatever. And this is when I was in Philly. And I ordered like six pair from Columbus Percussion and had them shipped to me. Dude, six six pair. That's twenty four drumsticks. Do you know how many were straight? <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. Two. Sorry, that's not twenty four drumsticks. That's twelve. Twelve. <laughs> I, I could do math. <laughs> Watch me six, do it. <laughs> six pair. It's twelve drumsticks. My lord. You know how many sticks were straight? Two. Not pairs. Straight. Uh, just actual single six. Seven. Twelve. Seven. Seven out, of, seven but, out of the twelve were straight. That's barely fifty percent. I mean, yeah, that's a little over fifty percent. And I was like, at that point, 
that was the last time I ever played anything that wasn't Vic Firth because I went, okay, I understand that wood is like an organic material, mm-hmm. but it's 2000, whatever it was then. And I still say this now, cause I'll check out other brand sticks at like forks at the drum shop yep. here. And I'm just like, how can it be 2021 and you can't make a straight drumstick? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. So that is my, that is my main reason. And I, I will say this, like the, the cherry on top is that the people that I deal with at the company, now that I'm like an, an official endorser, make it even better because they're all awesome. But I can tell you that if Joe Testa, who's the head of A&R, if he called me tomorrow and he was like, hey, Matt, I'm really sorry, but you know, you're just not active enough or you're not a big enough name. We're going to have to drop you as an artist or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I, first of all, I'd be like, yeah, I don't even understand how I have this deal in the first place. But... <laughs> I would be like, that's totally fine. I would still, I would not be butthurt. Like, I believe in the product so much that I would just continue buying it as if I, like, how I did before. Uh, There are only two, two com- like, drum product companies that I am absolutely 100% loyal to and do not touch anything else. And that's Vic Firth. And Remo drumheads. I think in the in the actual drum world, the cymbal world, there's a lot of great companies that make a lot of great gear. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to those two particular things, sticks and drumheads, consistency matters. Those two companies cannot be touched. And I'm sorry if you have a different opinion. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Like. That's how much that's how much I think that those products are superior to the the other companies that make similar products. Like I've played other drum heads like on backline kits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nothing can touch a Remo coated ambassador. Nothing. And you know, it's not to say like it's not to say that other manufacturers couldn't make a better product, right? The 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 trouble is that they can't do it every time. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they can't. I don't. Honestly, I don't care. Like, I, I can't. I guess I can say this. I can't speak to other companies beyond what I've experienced with them. But I just know that, man. Like, um, every drum kit in this room. There. I mean, I've got, I've got what? I got a Gretsch kit over there. Two right? Yamaha kits, I have Ludwig two, kit. Two Yamaha kits. I have another Gretsch bass drum. I have a Ludwig kit. I have a Slingerland kit. That's not mine. It's a buddy's, but he wanted me to rehead it. All the toms on all those kits. Guess what they have on them? Remo coated ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Because my it's like my litmus test for a drum. I know that a drum is well made if I can put a coated ambassador over a clear ambassador and get a good sound out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh. And all my bass drums have clear power stroke threes. Like, well, that's all Timmy played. Was Remo. no, he was an Evans guy when I met well, him. When I it? started playing with you, he's a oh. Remo guy now because of me because I gave him so much crap. Oh, okay. Because I know he. It's I know that, he. That's that the DW, last thing DW I saw kit, it was the Remo. Yeah, yeah. He, now he plays Remo, but that DW okay. kit when I first started hanging around had Evans on it, and that old yes, that did. old Yamaha kit he had had Aquarian on it. Yep, it sure but, did. But sorry, but anyway, not to get on that. Anyway, yeah, Vic Firth. I've played, I've seriously played this drumstick. I don't know if you can see it. 
it's the Vic first extreme five a wood tip. I started playing this in eighth grade. Uh, there are other different models that I use, but this one is probably the one I in, in all that time. It's the one I've used most consistently. The other one I use is the, uh, the Mark Dicciani. It's a custom stick, not a signature stick. So you can't like a normal person can't buy it, which, but I told Joe Testa, I was like, look, man, I'm looking for something that's like a, between an eight, a and a nine, a, but a little longer. And, and mm-hmm. I was like, is that something that exists anywhere? He was like, yeah, we actually make a, a Mark Dicciani custom model that is like pretty much exactly that. And so he sent me a bunch and I was like, this is great. So now I will say I use the extreme five a for David and for spider wolf, but for everything else I do like sessions at home most of the time or downtown band or playing on Broadway or jazz gigs, I use the Mark Dicciani stick and shout out to Mark Dicciani. The funny, the funny thing about that is so mark dicciani was i don't know if he still is but he was the dean of the music program at university of the arts in philly so i know him personally i took some classes with him so it was like so funny when joe said that and i was like oh i didn't even know deach was a vic firth guy uh but anyway that that's my first one i guess first two sorry because i threw remo in there but man, it's tough to beat Vic Firth. That my opinion, but your opinion's wrong. So, gotcha. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're using something like that all the time, and you, listen, I, I, mine, my, mine, mine, right? Uh, guitar picks. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I'm asking you a question. Ask me. How many times have you been bitten by an elephant? Never. How many times have you been bitten by a mosquito? Well, probably hundreds or thousands. See, it's always the little things that get you. So, like, it's not anything necessarily <laughs> big that we're talking about. Drumsticks and guitar picks. Oh, right? yeah. Or yeah. even guitar strings. It's those little It's the little things that add up that become nagging and, and irritating. Yeah. And, and can cause, like, majorly be uncomfortable or, or have a bad performance, right? <clears throat> so, guitar picks. Yeah. This little guy right here. Yeah. This is the Dunlop 549R073 Flow Standard Grip Pick. And this is a 0.73, I think. A 0.7. Yeah, 0.73 millimeter. Uh, I buy these by hundreds. Uh, They're amazing. They're made out of, let's see here. I used to remember exactly what they were made out of, but they are made out of not nylon. They're not made out of nylon because I find that (laughs) mylar. That's that's what drum heads are made out of. It's a type of plastic. What? uh, Oh. (laughs) No, it's Altex. Altex is what this is made out of. It was made famous by their... um, it was made famous by Tor- made uh, the, uh, this material was kind of I think made fam- famous by Tortex picks, okay. uh, early on. But the problem with it is Altex doesn't like it doesn't deform or melt like nylon does, and plastic oh, picks yeah. just snap. They just right, break right. and chip, like cheap cymbals. Yeah, uh, Altex, it will start to lose its edge, but this pick here. Let me see if I can get close enough. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fuzzy because That's I've fine. got my focus yeah, yeah. set. But you can see it's still pretty sharp, and I've played this pick a lot. Yeah. 
So you can feel it's a little rough, like where the strict with strings wear it down. Um, but all in all, the the pick stays in shape. And what they what Dunlop did with this pick that made it so much better than anything else made out of Altex is they embossed <clears throat> the the name on it. It's hard to see, but if I hold it just right, I kind of saw it when you, oh, you first oh, held it up. Yeah, you see yeah. the texture there. Yeah. So it's grippy, like it's kind of yeah. like um, sandpapery. So it doesn't. Okay. Wherever you're playing, you get sweating and stuff, sure. and, and it doesn't want to just fly out of your hand. Now, the one thing I have done a lot is I'll be playing, and then I'll point to somebody or point to something, and the thing will stick to yeah. the inside of my or the outside of my index finger, yeah. and I'll go flick, and nice. it'll go it'll go twenty feet out in the audience, and then I'll be like, yeah, I meant oh. to do that, but I totally didn't mean yeah. to do it. But actually, can I have that back? Because I got to have that back because they're kind of expensive. Um, got to play another hour still. But these picks are fantastic. They're like a combination between a standard size pick and a jazz style pick, which jazzes are the kind of this shape. Okay. Um, put in front of my face. Yeah. Um, where they've got the high edge corners on the top and then the pointy end at the bottom. Standard pick doesn't look quite like that. It looks more like a round, oh, everything's kind of round. Yeah. And, you know, standard. But this is the size of a standard pick, but it has the shape of a jazz pick. So you can get the real nice plinky sounds okay. uh, and sharp attack sounds. And it's quick. It's quicker. Yeah, you know? yeah. Since two years ago when I had to buy picks whenever we were actually playing music, you know, for a living. Right, right. Uh, I was buying them for like $20 a pop. Um, now... Sweetwater, unfortunately, does not have them in packs of like 107 because you can usually buy these things in much larger packs. Um, but I highly suggest you get a pack of six or a pack of 24. It really doesn't cost very much. Try them out if you're a guitar player. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you will love them. Uh, and they have a bunch of different gauges. So 7.73 millimeters, the lightest, which is more like a medium heavy, up to 2.8. A two millimeter, which is for like people like God that play guitar that need, to, you know, they're, they're playing on, uh, you know, electrical cables and stuff. But <laughs> for uh, using really heavy gauge strings. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's <laughs> my that's my first uh, gear thing. Okay. Second one for you, Mr. Iceman. Um, I mean, it's so it's so it's weird. Like, I'm not I don't think I'm going to say any other actual hardware like like physical hardware or yeah i mean i i think i think we i think the way to think about this is like i was thinking i was just thinking about this while you were talking like if you had to do a fly date and you could you you could like what are like what are like the four or five essential things that you're gonna bring with you like because i know that i can show up and like as long as the house gets decent yeah i can get a good sound out of it right but there are right. certain things, like you were saying with guitar picks, drumsticks, it's like, that's like your, that's our direct connection to the instrument, right? Yeah. So if right. that feels weird, no matter how good stuff sounds, you're not going to play well because you're going to be uncomfortable the whole night. Yeah. That's you know? A, that's right. Yep. So d- sticks would definitely be the first thing. I think the second thing would be, depending on the, whatever gig I'm doing, but let's just say in general, uh, would be my old ass iPad four that okay. I that I bought off Ramiro. <laughs> Thank you, Ramiro. <laughs> uh, because uh, it just 
Well, there's like three or four different th- different apps that I run on it that have just made life so much easier. And the first one would be Fourscore, which is a chart app. Uh, that's what I was going to ask if you had a charting uh, app on there. Dude, and like I, I haven't used it to actually make a chart, but like you can upload a bunch of like different PDFs and whatever. So I used to go around, especially when I was getting back into playing Broadway with people and I was like, oh, there's like a whole bunch of songs on their song list that I don't know because I haven't done this in a few years or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had, I still have it somewhere. Maybe it's still in my symbol bag, but I have a big ass like physical binder with hundreds of like quick drum charts, not ne- not necessarily Nashville number system charts, but just charts that I can read of mm-hmm. all these different songs, you know? Yep. Because it's like, if you get a gig, you, get called to go play with somebody on a Wednesday and you got to play with them on Friday. And it's like, Oh, I only know five songs on their list. I guess I better start charting, you know? Um, and that's fine. But the problem with that is it would take so long to like, you know, even if you put them in alphabetical order, like you're still, I'm flipping oh, yeah. pages to get to the song yeah, and we're right. already in the first verse and I'm trying to play one handed. And, and you're like, what? Am, what? Yeah. And somebody looks back and is like, what's this guy from the nineties? Oh, Reed, Reed used to <laughs> always give me crap. You'd call it, Oh, iPad 0.0 over here. <laughs> um, or like down, downtown band is another perfect example. Like I had, a, I have a whole binder of just those charts that I printed off from their Dropbox. They have like a big, you know, hub thing where they got all their charts and everything. And when I first started playing with Downtown Band, I didn't have the iPad. So I made physical copies of all these charts, print them off, put them in a binder. And every time we'd have another gig and the set list would be different, I'd have to like, okay, open up, reorder the set list. So now with Fourscore, <laughs> I have most of my charts, not all of them, but most of them are uploaded into there either for like playing with Kelsey or playing with downtown band. And it's so easy to just make a set list, like to reorder stuff. And you know, oh, it's yeah. right, it's right there. You can see it like it's backlit, obviously. So you're not trying to like, you don't have to like squint when the, <laughs> when the stage lights are dark to see or have, carry around yeah, like a, right, dork, a right. dorky gooseneck led light with you or whatever. Right, like, right. It's just right there. I can see it. It's easy to go to the next one. It's really easy to search for a song. That's what I was going to ask, if it has search mode. It's got search mode. And the other cool thing, I haven't done this yet, but I'm thinking about it. Like, it it doesn't matter for Downtown Band because I don't run the tracks of the click. But for somebody like Kelsey, where I'm playing most of her stuff to a click anyway, it has a built-in metronome feature. And in the set list... Oh, uh, can you assign it to each? Like, if you make a set list and then go through... You tap the metronome in the the corner and set it to a tempo. And <sighs> as long as you have it set to an audible click, because you can also do like a visual thing or whatever. Uh-huh. If you have it set to an audible click and you do that for every song, when you, you know, tap the right side of the screen to go to the next chart, then the metronome automatically changes to whatever the tempo of that song is. So I've thought about man, I wouldn't have to take uh, an, a separate click rig with me at all for Broadway gigs if I do that because I could run it out of there. Yeah, you could. And I and like the songs that I don't need charts for, but that we do to a click, I can just use the Tempo app on my iPad, which is another app that I love, Lonnie. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. So it just, as soon as you go to the next song, it's like the click just adjusts. And oh, I go to the next boy. one, and then it's like, yeah. you know, 
Dude, yeah. it's so slick. Um, That's great. It's it's a cool app. Uh, so I like that. I like the Tempo app, which is just a it's just a metronome app for your your iPhone or your iPad. But it's it's great. And then the other thing that I use the iPad for here at home when um is like when I'm recording. Obviously, I've got my you know little control room set up on this side of the room. But when I'm over here at the drums. Like you don't want to have to do the whole thing of, okay, I'm going to pull up logic or I'm going to pull up studio one and okay, now I hit record and then I got to run over to the drums. Like I don't want to do that, but both of those dolls have remotes that you can put on your iPad and then control the session from your iPad via Bluetooth. So I can sit over at the drums, hit record, hit stop, go back, punch, whatever, while I'm just sitting there and I don't have to walk back and forth to the computer. And man, Mm -hmm. that's such a game changer. So handy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that there are, you know, I'm sure Pro Tools has something like that and, and whatever doll you use. I bet most of them they have. They don't have, have a, a native, but there's a third party that made something okay. that works with Pro Tools. Okay. Pro Tools but, a little uh, bit behind the game. But, uh, man. So that, that's that been, a, which I was so late in the game to getting an iPad. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's been, and it's it's so much easier, you know, than carrying like a big binder full of, of paper charts like it's just this little thing and you stick it in your stick bag and you go to work so that would be my second one what's your second one my second one we're back to okay so um this is not quite something that would be uh uh, um everyday carry yeah that's why i would consider what you're talking about everyday carry sure sure this is not considered an everyday carry um well, I mean, well, I don't. I wouldn't take the iPad like on a David gig, but I don't need charts for that gig. Sure, but, sure, but sure. But yeah, but yeah, you know the gig. I know right? what you're saying. Uh, but I'll do two. This okay. one is an everyday carry, and it's vital to a guitar player. And if you have an improper pair of these, uh, it becomes um very annoying very quickly. Pair of mm. fingernail trimmers, right? <laughs> so some fingernail clippers. And not shit ones, like some good quality, you know, spend some money on some nice ones because they're nice and sharp and they don't leave like these little edges. And when you're playing, uh, guitar players know what I'm talking about. That's, that, that, that's, you want to hear a funny story about those? Yeah, I do. I, I have thought many times about carrying nail clippers in my stick bag because I cannot tell you the number of times I've been on a gig with corn and he's like, anybody got any nail clippers? <laughs> like, it's always guitar players and bass players, dude, man. It happens. It, he probably asks that more often than not when we play yeah. together. And it's like, if this happens all the time, why don't you just carry some? But then I was like, I'm just going to throw some in my stick bag. I'll never need them, but right. he will. <laughs> and considering like 70 percent of the gigs i do are with him like yeah right and it's not that we have talons it's just well, like yeah no i get it i get a it millimeter sure man you're, you're the things are hitting frets dude and- i i don't even like to i mean i keep my nails pretty short because if they get long enough like and you're gripping a drumstick oh yep then it they- starts to fatigue me in here like in my palm yeah. you know yeah. right i Where's hate it out yeah so okay so that's a, that's a quick everyday yeah. carry yeah, yeah, yeah. right <clears throat> second thing real uh, the, yeah the, this one and this is another one of those elephant bite you versus mosquitoes bite you right <laughs> okay <clears throat> major pet peeve of mine major and i'm sure this 
you will have something to say about this as well. Freaking microphone stands. Freaking microphone mm. stands. I A good can't, microphone stand. Let's dude, qualify I can't, it. Yes, I cannot stand a cheap microphone stand. And I'm talking cheap as in like, if you paid $100 just for a straight stand, no clips, no booms, that's an okay mic stand. Yeah. That's, that's a decent mic stand. Yeah. But if you paid $45 for a telescoping boom that goes 25 inches and the mic stand goes, that is a piece of shit. I'm sorry, Dude, the but it's a P.O.S. The worst ones are the... Uh, On stage. Yeah. Because you can, <laughs> like, is it Guitar Center or something? Maybe everywhere. They have that like six pack. Yeah. Six pack for like, 50, case. for like 50 bucks. Yeah. And they're like, they're they're really lightweight tubing. They're not weighted. Yeah, the, the boom moves, but it doesn't telescope. Dude. Right. And like, all it takes is one time of actually trying to get the boom tight or the, <laughs> the joint tight. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't ever work again. I actually, <laughs> one of one of the, the mics in on my hi-hat is one of those. And I had to just wrap it in gaff tape because <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't tighten it or lower right. it anymore. So it's fixed. I mean, yeah, it's. It's, it's a fixed mic stand. I fixed it, and actually, it's fixed. You know what? I don't actually. I switched that microphone stand out. I'm not using it anymore. So never mind. Good. Yeah, that, it's probably. I guess it's a Tama over there. I. No, I'm using those actually in other places. But oh, but yeah. Um. Oh no, it's over there. I see it, but it needs to go in the garbage. Garbage. <laughs> it needs to be. It needs to be a special space for that. You know, new case, a garbage can. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but yes, I'm with you. There's two stands. There's two stands that only meet my criteria. Uh, and um, there used to be three. But let me tell you, I wasn't going to mention their company name because I despise them. Despise them. I didn't even want to let anyone know who I'm talking about because well, I don't like them so much. Then don't. No, because they need to know not to buy this stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Even though it's good, but you don't like the company. No. Oh, it's, it's not, not good. good. Oh, okay. It's not I good see. stuff. Okay. It's not good stuff anymore. Ultimate Gear, it's trash. Is it, it is really? Tr- is trash. The wow. company's trash. Their gear is trash. Don't buy their stuff. They have been having massive supply issues with their microphone stands a year or two before COVID even happened. Like they, that company sucks. So I bought, I bought $1,800 worth of mic stands off this company. Right. Is this through Sweetwater? Okay. This is back when you were with Higby. Correct. Okay. And nearly over the course of six months, right? No time. Nearly every single boom failed. Oh, and geez. they, I saw them at GearFest and I made a scene in their tent because I was disgusted with the boom. And I said, that has got to be some of the worst engineering I've ever seen. So, you know how a boom, telescoping boom works. It has a little metal yeah. uh, screw that when you tighten it, it pinches the inner Yes. Uh, uh, um, uh, tube. Yeah. To keep it from sliding. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's make that all out of plastic, everybody. Let's do that. 
Let's mm. let's let's redo that and make no. every part of it plastic. The screws plastic. The threads plastic. The sleeve is plastic. Oh, but no, no, no. Hold on. Keep the tubing metal. Let's do that. Um. So the thing, even when it was tight, had yeah. just stupid amount of slop at the top. So slop at the top. So like, if you had it on like a handheld mic and it was on. And you put, you know, because singers, they touch yeah, the yeah, microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's proximity, right? So you touch the microphone. That freaking thing would float a half an inch any direction. Oh, a half geez. an inch. Yeah. Now, I know it sounds super. But if you're up there and you're trying to perform and you're chasing your freaking microphone around. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. It makes for a, it makes for a rough night because you're not sure if the thing's going to fall or if it's going to, like slowly start going in right right and you're gonna just keep working your way down you know so i told him i said in their tent i said this thing's absolute garbage it, it you know you need to replace and then, this is what the dude says to me the regional overseer guy on this side of the mississippi okay he says we know it's a problem we know it's a flaw but we're building a brand new boom that's going to replace it. I'm like, okay. So I box all my booms up, send them back to you, and you send me the new ones. Well, nah, you're going to have to buy the new ones. I said, bullshit. Yeah. You just said you knew it was a problem. Right. He says, well, we might come up with some kind of buyback thing where we give you some money towards the new. And I'm, I was like, that's absolute ass nine i mean yeah. if you guys have a bad product you should just make it right and uh so that went nowhere but then <clears throat> they did release a better boom and i bought one because i was just like you know i'm gonna buy one and see how it goes yeah and it was a much better well-engineered boom so i call up uh dave and i'm talking to the the rep there the um the uh ultimate gear rep and they're not gonna do dick not gonna do anything they don't give a shit right yeah so i kind of lay it heavy on dave and dave talks to one of his guys and you know what sweetwater took care of it sweetwater sweetwater yeah took care of it right they did the exchange now it did cost me a little bit of extra but ultimate gear was willing to do nothing, nothing. so sweetwater took back all the ultimate gear st uh, the booms i got the new booms and guess what Six months later, they failed, but they failed in a different spot. Still plastic, like down by where the thing goes up and down. Yeah. So, don't so buy ultimate. Don't gear. buy ultimate gear. Yeah. So the two stands. The first one I'm going to mention is Tama. Tama make uh, drums. Tama. Tama. Ta how do you want to say it? Tama. 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 You were Tama and Dorsey for for. I mean, for like for a, a while. Oh gosh, for like a second. Yeah. Yep. So Tama make uh microphone stands and i believe they make it out of some of the same uh gauge steel that they make some of their drum hardware out of because the stands yes. are pretty substantial yeah uh they feel really good the clutches in them are really really well done everything on them is freaking metal everything yeah they have everything some, that matters they have some cool design things that i wish other microphone uh stands would have like you know the uh like where a boom goes on a straight stand or like where the clip goes onto a mic stand and you've always yeah. got that like counter nut so you can tighten it up. Tiny little thing that's got some knurling on it. Yeah. These yeah. actually are like, they have like a, uh, 
it's like a big knob with like a thing on it. So it's really easy to like move it where get, you want it. Yeah. And then get your thumb and really put some yeah. pressure on there and get it tight. Yeah. It's great. And yeah, that's man. One, that's one of the biggest pet peeves with stands. You, you can't get the freaking things tight and they start spinning and uh, moving. Uh, and I, I have told our monitor and front of house guys over the years, numerous times, because this would happen all the time. Get, get two songs or three songs into a set like with David <laughs> And I'm looking at the snare mic, and it's like pointed at the hi hat, or it's <laughs> pointed, it's pointed it's, at the rack tom. It's, it's the vibrations just it's yeah. turning, and it, and <laughs> I cannot stand. I mean, part of it is like, you know, you're just putting it on too fast, and you're not actually tightening it up. Sure, but but like, I, and I can't stand that. Like, take the extra ten seconds to make sure that the it's tight. Yep. But but it's not always user error. It's just the fact that like sometimes. They're just not great, and it comes right. loose, and it's so annoying. Right, right. Nothing, nothing drives me nuts more than that because it's like, well, now you know I notice it halfway through a song, and it's like, oh, cool. No wonder I can't hear the snare, and it's probably all hi hat out in the house, and it's yeah, like, right. I gotta fix this while I'm trying to like put on a show for people. Like right. I'm just supposed to worry about playing drums in this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, That's right. and be either because you didn't do your job, or more likely, it's just a piece of crap that we're working with. Yeah, the gear now I got to like fix it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Super I, I hate that. I hate that. It drives me crazy. Yep. All right. So that, that's your two though. Okay. So, oh, so Thomas, sorry. And then what's Thomas the other one? first? Yeah. The other one, I can't say enough good things about it. You have some of this. Um, Oh yeah. They, I don't even count them. They're in a whole other category. They're on a, they're on a different <laughs> level. Yeah. They're on a totally different level. And this is what I would consider ex, extra, ex, 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 exuberant or ex, Ex- uh, exor- exor- exorbitant. exorbitant yeah thank yeah. you thank you that's the word yeah orbit triad uh they are the tinker toys for musicians like they have just an unbelievable catalog of uh pieces that you can basically build anything you could imagine a stand to be or do. Yeah. Um, Which is like so dumb to nerd out about a mic stand, but they are pretty freaking cool. Like they're amazing. They're amazing. Like the one thing that you've got right there, you've got two infinite ball adjustments on both ends of that boom. Yep. Here. Yep. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, completely articulates that way. And then here. Yep. Which no one can see that. I don't think, but no, but it goes wherever I want it. Yeah. It's pretty slick. And then, it's quick connect everything. Oh, I forgot. Is it quick connect? Everything's quick connect. Oh, that's so right. Push, it is. Yeah, you yeah, can push yeah. Down on the right. clutch. Down, I was thinking up here. Yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's super cool. It all comes apart. Very heavy, robust. You yeah. know, it's not going to break. Everything that matters as far as tension is concerned is metal to metal. Yeah, I don't. I don't there, there's not any plastic on. I don't this, think is there? any plastic on. I've not had any plastic. The only thing I noticed that was plasticky, rubbery, were the feet on the uh, on the on the stand on the yeah the the, the, the legs on the bottom. The only thing that's not metal on this stand are the rubber grips on the jaw where it's clamped to my desk. <laughs> and that's the other thing, like the jaw. Like you can get that jaw. It has the quick connect. That can connect to the boom that your arm is connected to, or it can connect a straight stand to it. You, they have guitar hangers. Oh, that's that, pretty slick. That, yeah, they connect the, and they have wall mounts, desk mounts, and you can just however yeah. you want to do it. 
stuff that it's it they make incredible very expensive I'm not saying but they are, they are really expensive but as far as anything i do here in this space with my stuff triad is the only thing i use i have a couple tama stands um just bottoms though yeah um that i use that are that work great because they're still substantially heavy but like this light rig that i have i have this boom sitting over here probably two feet away from me and this boom that comes out and over my head and holding holding a light above my head and then i have another light right here that it's hold same stand attached to the same stand yeah. it's it's such a it's such a great system um, yeah, so stands, stands. I can't say enough things about stands. I, I, I have such a, 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 like I said, a pet peeve about stands. Shit stands. I can't stand them. Yeah, can't stand them. I, I hate it. You I, know, I, that's annoying. I mean, I feel as strongly about that as I do about like crappy cymbal stands, like just crappy oh. drum hardware. It's the worst. Well, like, same, same thing, right? So, like, this is the thing. I have guys that will buy. A freaking thousand dollar microphone, like a wireless, and they'll put on a fucking fifty dollar mic stand. Yeah, I'm like, what are you thinking? You've got it on a fifty dollar, yeah, and then you yeah. buy a symbol that's what three four hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't want to put it on on a thirty five dollar symbol stand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying go put it on an eight hundred dollar symbol well, stand. Well, no, but like, but you can get really good symbol stands for like. $85 like Yamaha yeah. single brace symbol stands oh. some of the best stuff you can buy like that's one thing I'll say is a lot of the uh, the kits down on Broadway which this is not I'm not trying to not be thankful I'm very happy that I don't have to take my entire drum set every time I go play Broadway it's awesome to have house kits but most of them are Mapex and dude Mapex's hardware is awful it's like <laughs> stupid designs so not only are they engineered poorly, but then they, they just don't last. Like those kids are getting a beating 12 hours a day. That hardware cannot take it. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So, all right, this is my, Oh, sorry. Yeah, what's yours? What's this yours? Is, this is my third and probably my last one. I'm really thinking about like essential things that I can't live without. And it's not going to be a particular drum or symbol because we, this, this hit me, uh, I was listening back a couple episodes ago and, and I don't, I kind of forget what we were talking about, but I was thinking about like, you know, or maybe it was just a conversation you and I had on the phone. Maybe it wasn't a podcast episode. We were talking about drummers or just musicians in general, getting so caught up in like the gear they play and like, Oh, I want to sound like so-and-so or, or I really love the sound and, and so I'm going to play this or whatever. And honestly, as long as I have the drumsticks I want to play, and the other thing, this is not what I'm going to say, but the other thing that I will fly with on a fly date with David is a pedal. Most oh. of the time, most of the time, backline guys, they have a pedal there that I can play, but you just never know. And so that's like, that's the other direct connection to the instrument is my pedal. So right. if I can if I can take something that I know I'm comfortable with, then I'm going to take it. And it's, you know, yeah. I throw it in a pedal case. It's not like it takes up any extra room in my suitcase, but I never, I never fly like on a full band gig. If it's backline, I never take a snare drum. I never take cymbals partly because I don't want the airlines to break them <laughs> or lose them. And I'm sorry, but 
their track record is not great. Right. Uh, but also, <laughs> I don't really want to have to worry about that. And I have enough confidence in my ability to make a drum kit sound good that I don't need to have my snare drum or my cymbals with me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like uh, my, my point of all this is that if you're a good developed musician, your sound goes with you wherever you go. It, it has way less to do with the gear you play, but it has to yeah. do everything with how you play the gear you are given. Yeah. Uh, one of the, Oh, I know what it was. We were talking on the phone just yesterday, maybe, or yeah, it was just yesterday when I was walking Lloyd and we were talking about a particular drummer that plays with a particular artist up there that you have played with before. And you guys were doing something where you had to be on and off quick. And he was like trying to adjust the drums. And he was taking oh, up time yeah. from the set, taking yeah. up time from the show. He was, Oh, yeah. I got to get these just right. I got to get the, and, and it made me, and I didn't say this on the phone because we just ran out of time or I forgot about it, but it made me think about like two different things. One, Jimmy Paxson Sr., who's a guy I studied with at UArts, no longer with us, but his son, Jimmy Paxson Jr., is a badass drummer. But Jimmy Paxson Sr. was a rough, hard-edged dude, but he taught me so much. And I remember the th- one of the things he said to me that stuck with me is, you need to be able, you cannot, you can never become dependent on, I can only play my gear set up the way that I set it up because he's Uh like, and he was talking in a jazz context, but he's like, what if you go sit in at a jazz club and then you play three or four tunes, but it's another drummer's kit. You're not going to be able to just go up there and start loosening things and moving. Like that drummer's going to be pissed. Like just go up there and play. Like it's only, he was, his whole thing was like, it's only 20 minutes of your life. If you can't make music happen without everything being within a millimeter of perfect for you, then you're not a good musician. That was his whole thing is like, just go in there and play. Like, and, and so I think about that a lot. And one, one of the things, one of the gigs I do, which I haven't done it in a few years, but one of the gigs I do where that comes into play is when you play the Opry, mm. dude, you have like 90 seconds at most to get from side stage to letting the other drummer come off stage. You get up there. All, all I bring with me is my phone and I run the tempo app and there's a, they have an eighth inch that you can plug in that goes directly to the headphones for the drummer. So it's just me on click. I plug <laughs> that in. I get the click for the first song going. I grab my sticks. And I'm ready to go. I don't touch anything. <laughs> the only thing I might the only thing I might change is if it's Eddie, who's the house drummer, since he plays open-handed, he's one of the house drummers, since he plays open-handed, the hi-hats tend to be a little low if you're playing cross-handed. So the one thing I will do is like I will loosen the clutch and loosen the, the joint there and raise the hi-hats up just a little bit so I can play normal. But that's yep. it. I don't move I'm not moving cymbals. I'm not raising the snare drum. I'm not positioning toms like you have no time by the time i get all that done and my phone plugged in and grab my sticks they're introducing david and i'm counting off the first song yeah because like and and guess what it's fine i play my three songs and i and when we're done and everybody loves it nobody there goes man i bet that set would have been better if the drummer would have had a few more minutes to adjust those toms yeah. like 
Right. It, right. I guess my whole point of this rant is like, you should be good enough that you can play any setup in a, in a jam. Like, yeah. Do I play better if I'm playing my setup? Of course. But it doesn't mean that I sound like I've never played drums before if I'm not playing my setup. True that. I can still make music happen. Yep. And I yeah. think that was Jimmy Paxson Sr.'s whole point is like, everybody plays better on their gear, of course. Yeah. But you can never, you can't go play someplace and then be like, and like have it be a real shitty night and then be like, oh, I played terrible. But it's because I wasn't playing my gear. It's like, it's still drums and cymbals, isn't it? Well, then you should be able to make music happen. That's right. So, and, and, and maybe have, come in with the perspective of, okay, this isn't how I have my stuff set up, right? So uh, this isn't, the, the, I'm not going to be comfortable. Right? Yeah. You're not going to be comfortable. I think That's if you okay. go in with that mindset, like knowing, mindset. knowing this is going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to make the best of it. And, and play the essentials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yes. If you're on your kit or my guitar, I'm going to feel more comfortable being able to pull off something that's a bit more intense because everything feels a certain way. And I know how fast yes. or how long it takes me to get from point A to point B. Right. But on another instrument, the strings are a little further from the frets. Maybe it takes a little longer to push them down all the, that kind of sure, stuff. Sure. You know, it takes longer for this hand to get to the tom because it's two inches further. Yeah. yeah. Or like the ride symbols over here instead of right here or whatever. Yeah. 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 So don't do the, don't do that stupid shit. Yeah. Play what is necessary and essential right. for the song and get the hell off the stage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the majority of the time, the audience is not going to hear a difference. Whether never like, going to know if the difference. you if you did the entire set on the house gear, and then you came back and played the exact same stuff, but you played on your gear, the audience would be like, "Yeah, I liked it both times. The song yep, sounded sound, the same. Sounds like, like the same thing to me. Yeah, I really love that song. David's awesome. Like they have no like. I always say this, and it makes me sound jaded, but like most of the time." The audience doesn't even know there's a band up there. They're there to see the artist. Like yeah. it could literally be David with an iPod with backing tracks. You know, they, I'm not that what they're <laughs> focusing on. They're focusing on the lyrics and the song and the singer. Yeah. I mean, now if I totally suck and now draw attention to myself in a negative way, then yes. But like, yeah. as long as I'm doing my job, then yeah, they're not going to know. So all right. that to say, all that to say, my third essential thing, and this will be my last one, and I I have been using this on gigs since high school. And if I have one thing that I'm superstitious about, I have many, but if I only had one, it would be this one. Extra polar ice gum. Oh, my gosh. I have not played a gig without chewing that. Well, I haven't even had a workout really without <laughs> chewing that in, in, well, workout for like the last four years. But I have, cause I, cause I remember in junior high and high school, people, I remember seeing pictures and videos of myself playing drums and I was so into it and lost that I would always look like I'm catching flies. My mouth would be hanging wide open and I was totally unconscious of 
what was happening. So it started out as a way to just counter that. Well, if I have gum in my mouth, I'm, I'm going to be gonna chewing be... it or I'm at least going to be holding it so my mouth is close. And then it just became a thing where like, dude, I have literally <laughs> run. Well, I'll, I'll be like backstage and the intro music will start like our walk on, which we have some time. Sure. And I'll realize, shit, I don't have gum in and I don't have any in my pocket. And I have run <laughs> to the dressing room or run back to the bus and grabbed a piece. I, I hate it. I hate, I, I do not like, and I don't think I, my mouth is hanging open anymore, but I'm so like superstitious about, it's just, it's a part of what, what I need. It is essential for me to have a good show. And it can't be, it can't be another, so can't be another flavor. can't be another brand. Like I chew some other gum, but not when it comes to playing drums. Well, it's showtime. It's extra polarized. It's extra polarized. <laughs> that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's so funny, man. Yeah, that's. I didn't. I, that's a that that's a new one for me. I I had no idea. I, I always have that in my backpack for fly dates in case I forget to bring some. Like there's there's like twenty pieces in there at all times. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, and now so, and now with working out and running too, like I chew it a lot for that too. But but uh, yeah, like you know what's funny uh, is <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I remember once. I think Corn was on this gig, and he knows that like I always chew gum. And I remember once, this three or four years ago, where it was a David show, and we were like three songs in, and I just had this like weird moment where I kind of like exhaled hard, but I and like my gum was in the front of my mouth, and it fell out. <laughs> And Corn saw it. He was like, "Oh no!" It's like <laughs> I just—it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But I had such a feeling of panic come over me of like, "Well, this like it in the back of my mind." The entire show was like, "This show's not going well. It's not going to be—it's not going to be good because I'm not chewing gum." And like, I—it's like, dude, that's that's how oh, dude, that's, that's how hilarious. superstitious I am about it. Wow, a acoustic show. Anything, any gig I do with with anybody, I fucking got gum in my mouth. <laughs> I have to. It's, oh, that's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Holy cow! So, you know what? There, there, the last year playing with Higby, you know, I had the the opportunity to have a couple of my closest friends. Even even you were yeah. on oh, yeah, one of yeah, the gigs. Yeah. And, uh, that year, that last year, I don't know if you were on it with the, on the last year, but, um, well, I don't, I don't know when I did it in March of 2019. Okay. Yes. It would have been. Okay. Yep. okay. So it was that coming into that fair and festival season. Yeah, yeah. Through that point, I was like, you know what? There was a couple of engineers in Nashville. Well, only one. There was only one. <laughs> Uh, There's just one engineer in all of Nashville. All does of Nashville, all the records. Joseph Logston, everyone. <laughs> Joseph Logston, talented dude, like uber talented. Remember, he was at that uh, Oceanway, uh, Oceanway uh, session for Claire. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. That was, that was Joseph. Okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I always think that you engineered that session, but you really didn't. I didn't. I, I, I forgot play, about I, that. Yeah, I you, play guitar. you just play guitar. That's right. I was only memorable as an engineer that I never did, and <laughs> no one remembered me playing guitar. No, no. but uh, 
<laughs> I'm just used to like usually if you're on a project, you're like doing 50 different things, and engineering is one of them. So, yeah, and I yeah hired Joseph because he he knows that r- room yeah really well, and he's really good. But yeah, the other thing about Joe, he was uh just nicest freaking dude ever. Yeah, it was like the American Ramiro. You know? Yeah. Like, Romero is the nicest guy ever, south of the border. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's a Bolivian Rico Suave. No, I mean, he was, Romero's, Romero's awesome, awesome. Joseph is just as yeah. super nice dude. Real fun to work with. But the other, the thing I noticed about Joseph is that, now it wasn't that session, I don't think. But I think there was that session that, man, he really wanted to make everyone feel super comfy. Like, if you, I think he asked everybody if they need water. Yeah. Uh, He was very, like, concerned about. And then, so I did another session with him the very next day, vocal session, in another small studio. Dude went into the kitchen, cut up vegetables, and got ranch, and brought him in, and. While we were listening to playback on something, he went and did that quick and came back in and he had a whole freaking tray of stuff. And I was like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, I just went and cut some stuff up. I and you guys all started enjoy. eating and he was like, oh, that was actually just for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I was like, wow, this is, so that was a major takeaway for me. It's like, you know, that's a, that's an, you know, that's a whole like just uh, uh, um, he's setting a mood and yeah, just a nice relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. So I, I do remember that about that session. Like I, I don't remember him in particular, but I do remember feeling like that was like a really fun session. Chill. We were all just chill. And the other thing I liked about him as far as working with him, I remember we didn't, we, he got great drum sounds and we didn't spend like any time on them. No, no. And I, I hate, I, can, I mean, it, it's one thing if, yeah, there's actually something that's like really troubling, but I hate taking 20 minutes and I'm beating the snot out of my rack tom. So it's like, dude, it's a rack tom. Like, so I I, if you want to take a little bit tonight, of time, <laughs> if, yeah, if you want to take a little bit of time to dial in the kick and the snare, that that's fine. But like right. toms, like if they sound good and they sound like toms and they're appropriate for the music you're doing, move on. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, like. Right. Right. I I can't handle taking an hour to get drum sounds. No. And and I've usually been pretty good about moving along, but that comes from I think maybe the, that's I think you're the reason I'm like that is because it's you never seem to take that long to get drum sounds. Well, it all comes from sound checking in clubs and 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 animal clubs. Right. As soon as, as soon as, as yeah, soon as, because those animals are making so much noise and you got to get the drum sounds over top of them. You're bothering the animals. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. As soon as the drummer hits one thing without any sound equipment on, immediate bitching starts. Immediate. Like there's some yeah, old yeah. drunk woman yeah. at the bar and it's like, all right, Ice, uh, give me a kick. <laughs> It's not even in the house yet. It's not even in the house yet. Yeah. I'm like, everything's yeah. muted. 
I'm like, well, that good, good sound check, good yeah, sound check. Cool. But those, anyway, those are the same people that are like, oh, I miss live music. It's like you never even appreciated it when you had it. So shut well, up. That's, well, they, they miss bitching. They miss the bitching. Yeah, we got a bitch about Where something. Where anybody yell at? Tell us to turn it down. It's not. Everything's so quiet. I do remember one time, <laughs> one time uh, at Silver Dollar, we were sound checking drums, and I, I'm. It probably had only been going on for a couple minutes, and so what, I, the topless I, dancing. No, no, the sound check. And I remember hearing from like, I mean, you couldn't see because it was dark. Someone was like. If you're not going to play a song, then quit making a bunch of noise. And it's like, <laughs> we're not even scheduled to go on for like another 40 minutes. We can't play a song for you until this is dialed in. Like, Yeah, right. It's unbelievable. Oh, they don't get it. They don't understand. So, yeah. Uh, I think I knew anyway, I think I knew where you were going with that. But go ahead. I started providing uh, gum for oh. everyone in the Higby outfit. Once that season started, uh, cause who doesn't like some gum, right? Uh, but I had a, like, I was really like hooked on this particular icebreakers cinnamon. Like okay. whew, it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. And, uh, it's funny just having, you know, the, the, the containers of that at like monitor world. And around, yeah, you know where it's people. Uh, hey guys, I got gum. Yeah, you want to partake? It's gonna be here all the time. It's gonna be over in the work box all right, the time. Right. Just grab yourself some. Freaking loved it. I mean, it was. Uh, it's it's a different. You know, they get a little different. It's refreshing, yeah. right, dude? I mean, is, is it not? It's so funny. Like. That's a sign of like, oh, I like this person or I don't is if, if it's like, so, and it happens to me all the time. So usually I try and if I'm going to put gum in, in public, I try and do it away from people because as soon as you whip out the thing and you put a piece, Hey man, can I have a piece? Hey man, can I have, it's like, bro, it it costs like 20 cents for a pack. Like just go buy yourself some. I mean, like everybody gets one, but don't ask me again. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and that's what happened with me. People were asking me. I was like, yeah, it's not that expensive. Yeah. I'll go spend $10 on gum. Yeah. So I did. I bought $10 Which, I mean, of gum. It makes me sound like a cheapskate, but it's it's not you so are. much. You are. Yeah, but it's 30. not. Okay, it's not that. <laughs> if I wasn't superstitious about it, I wouldn't care. But if it's like, if it's like, okay, well, I have these four sticks in my pocket, and I'm going to put one in now, but now he wants one. But this is for sound check. And then we're going to eat dinner. <laughs> then we're going to eat dinner. Oh, my God. Like, let's say, let's say, Holy cow, let's say, dude. like, let's say, uh, if it's like a downtown. That's bit. not a superstition, no, no, no. Ice. That's called an addiction. It's not an addiction. People I don't... count cigarettes the same way. <laughs> That's fair. It's not an addiction, though, because I don't need it any other time in my life. It's just a superstitious thing about taking the stage without it. But so let's say it's a downtown band gig, right? And get there. We're setting up and we're about to sound check. I pop a piece and then someone else is like, hey man, can I have a piece? Sure. But now I'm like, okay, well, I've only got these two pieces left and we're, we're going to sound check, but then we're going to have dinner before we play. So I'm going to spit this piece out and eat, but then I'm going to need another piece. But then in between the dance sets, we're probably going to get some wedding cake. So I'm going to spit that piece out. So I cannot <laughs> afford to share 
the remaining two sticks that I have. These are mine. Don't I'm out of gum. Don't ask me. That's all I brought with me, and I have allotted just the right amount for the rest of the night. Now, do they know you're this superstitious about it? I, you know, I don't. I think Corn knows, but I don't know if anybody else really, really knows. They, they, okay. just, they just think I'm anal about not about sharing your... gum, but <laughs> I, I don't care. Like they can think see, what they want. I thought this is where I thought you were going. Talking about okay. what? What was his name? Joseph. Joseph. I thought you were going to say that like one of the most important things to bring with you is your attitude. Ooh. But so true. It is true. But okay, I thought of one more. It's not okay. deep like that. But this okay. is something like I always have with me in my stick bag. Okay, we'll and let it, you have this one, then we gotta wrap this segment. We do, because I want to eat and I gotta go pick up my kids. <laughs> okay. But uh but uh I think just cause Oh, Lloyd's barking at somebody. I don't I don't know anyone else who does this, but somebody somebody another drummer must do it because I picked it up from somebody and I don't remember who. Okay. Um but I always have this in my stick bag. I definitely, it comes with me on every fly date. I keep a little bit of sandpaper in my stick bag. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have talked about this, but I was just talking with another drummer, Lonnie, about it. And he was like asking me why. And I swear we've had this conversation before, but maybe not. Maybe I've talked about it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But the reason is, like on a backline kit, or even when I put fresh heads on my drums, I don't like the way brand new drum heads feel. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, I put brand new coated ambassadors on my toms, on my snare drum, whatever. I don't like it the way it, it feels a little stiff. Um, so what I'll do is I take this little, you know, square of sandpaper and I don't press hard, but I just kind of rub in circles, like probably, you know, like that big of a circle yep. in the center of it for, I don't know. 20 seconds, right? I'm not pushing down on it, right. but you're while just I'm doing up. It, I'm just taking off just a little bit of the coating as if I have like played brushes on it for three hours or if, as sure. if, I, but what I've noticed is it does two things. It softens the center of the head a little bit. So it feels a little nicer. It feels yeah. like it's already played in without me having to spend hours playing it in. But I've also noticed that the coating lasts a lot longer Huh. It like doesn't chip off as quickly. I I, wow. I I I don't know the science behind that or anything. That's just an observation I made. But I so I always carry that because you know backline companies, they're always trying to impress you whatever. So they all you know it's very rare that you don't get brand new heads on a drum kit mm-hmm. when you when you show up. But like I don't have days on end to play that kit to play those heads to make them feel broken in. So that's like, that's been the one thing that I've noticed. Oh, I can do this quickly. And it gets me pretty close to like feeling like, Oh, these heads have been on these drums for yeah three or four months, you know? Right. Like, right. Um, that's like, that would be my other essential thing. Cool. So yeah, that, but that's, well, that's sort of like what I like. To, I like to carry around a uh, spray bottle full of uh salt water and I just hit my guitar strings with it every once in a while. No, I'm just kidding. I never do. Oh, that. I was going to say, really? Is that, a, <laughs> is that a thing? Like gets them all rusty, you know, yeah, like they've I was been like, used. That can't, that can't be good for, I <laughs> no, just, all, all I bad. just, I've got this big trough full of salt water. I just dunk on my guitars right in there before we play plugged in and everything. <clears throat> so, you know what I, what we did last time. 
the last episode. I I, I, I like it. Like the, you know, you have this little music going on right now under the under us. Yeah, it's letting people know that you know. It's, have we really it's, been going that long? Oh my goodness, I didn't yeah. realize. Okay, like we've like you know, and it lets people know. Oh wow, we're approaching the end now. But yeah. the other thing I really liked about the last episode is when I turned to you and I and I talked to you. Oh yeah, it was nice. I, I mean, you're right here. And, yeah, and, you know, uh, I need to I need to watch the end of it because I only listened. I didn't watch the last time. Oh yeah, you uh, this need to watch the latest it. episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Like, we, you know, stare into each other's eyes, and I tell you a couple things that were uh, that you wouldn't n necessarily know otherwise. Yeah, and, I probably and, don't you know. know. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you got for me today? Somebody behind you? Oh no, no, that's just your shadow. Sorry. So, um, <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, before I look into your eyes, gaze into your eyes, and tell yeah. you some of these facts, I'm going to tell everyone out there real quick. Okay. Uh, so this was part one of our uh, gear, gadgets, and tools favorites. Favorites of gear, gadget, tools. Uh, part one. Part two will be coming up next week uh, when we talk about gadgets and um, tools, tools, which... You that's said, that's mostly going to be you talking because about tools. Yeah, but yeah. you got some tools and you got I mean, some stuff. I do, but I'm not good with them, so I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to. Oh, I really like this hammer. Well, by by, by the time we go the next we, we do the next episode, you may have a new love for potatoes. That's very true. That's wink, very true. wink. I'll, I'll keep you updated all that. Uh, uh, hey, don't forget we are on iTunes. Uh, yes. If you're not already listening, there we're on uh, YouTube. Uh, dot com. We are also on Spotify, Amazon, and um, Google Podcasts, right? And Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Yeah, iHeartRadio. Heart Radio. You gotta get on there. Yeah, um, and don't forget, check out the website, goodsharepodcast.com. You can sign up there and get notified whenever new episodes are dropping. Plus, we're going to be adding things as we go and have time to do that. Uh, but it seems like the summer's coming, and we're probably both going to be kind of busy through the summer a little bit. But yeah. we're still going to do what we can with the episodes because we like doing it. Um, I think that covers what I wanted to talk about with that stuff. So, All right, so hit me with a hit me with a fun fact that I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So, did you know? I didn't. <laughs> that Abraham Lincoln's dog Fido was also assassinated. Wait, is that for real? Yeah, it's for real. Wow, isn't that good, crazy? Good share. <laughs> So I got another one in case that one didn't hit home. Oh, okay. I don't know why it would hit home, but... <laughs> I mean, has your dog been assassinated? Yeah, oh, yeah my dog was assassinated too, so there we go. Yeah, All right, so what now you got? you're not alone. What you got? <clears throat> Did you know I didn't. that... <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. I know you are. Did you know I did that, that that an armadillo shell is also bulletproof? Good share. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening or watching the Good Share podcast. Hey, Ice, tell them what they can do. Well, if you're enjoying the show, please take a minute and like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And don't forget to ring that bell so you never miss an episode. That's right. And if you want to know more, go to thegoodsharepodcast.com. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim!